Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. This podcast is being sponsored by Get Loopy. On episode 41, you can hear the story of Isabel, the co-founder and CEO. Get Loopy. Get a 20% discount of your first order. Getloopy.com. Take it from the Iron Woman. Again, we have a very special guest and a very special friend here on the episode, Susan Seidelman. I think we met last century. I think that sounds very cool in running class. So we've been running friends forever, but we want to hear from her. Susan, who is Susan who is joining us today for the episode? Who is Susan? <laughs> this is Susan Seiderman. I met Susan Mueller, I don't know, probably in 1996, seven, something like that in the, in the running classes. 92, 92, 92 I can't oh <laughs> I know. Okay. We have been on a course since then in our <laughs> own way. I refer to her as Smule, which yes. is a combination of S for Susan and Mule, Mueller. <laughs> so she is forever in my heart and my husband's too, Smule. Okay? Yes, okay. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your running career. I mean, you and I, we have been running for many years, many marathons. What brought you to running? So what brought me to running was the fact that it was a very convenient sport. Mm -hmm. to fit into my routine and schedule back in 1980. 1980 is when basically the running craze really started. I lived on Long Island. Everybody was in the street running. And in 1980, I was a working mother. I was a New York City uh, elementary school teacher. I had two daughters, ages 10 and 8. They required a lot of carpooling. So by getting home, approximately 4, 4.15, driving them to carpool. Then I would run and then I would go back and pick them up. It just, it was a perfect fit for me. I didn't have to arrange to meet anybody as in a tennis game. And it was just basically putting on your sneakers and out the door. So it was just a natural fit. I was always very athletic. So I always like to keep moving. And between working, carpooling, being athletic, not having to meet anybody, it just all worked. That's amazing, right? So it fits into your schedule as a busy mom and a working mom. That's very exactly. Cool. I'm not sure. I think you still were living in Long Island when we met. I was still, I was still, I was still living in Long Island. This was in the '80s. I had one other teacher friend who basically had the same schedule as myself. She was actually running three miles, which at the time I said, "Oh my God, three miles!" She would literally run two and a half miles on her own and pick me up in front of my house, <laughs> and we would sort of finish the last quarter mile or or half mile together. 
Mm -hmm. So I got enough courage to go out on my own. And then, you know, half mile became a mile and eventually three miles. And I entered local Long Island 5Ks, Mm -hmm. which I realized I love the uh, competition. And then I drove into Manhattan to -hmm. Central Park from Long Island and entered uh, their races. Yeah. Uh, I remember one day there was a race that you could either choose a four or a six mile distance. And I did the four. And as I finished and I, the other runners were coming in at six miles, I was like, oh, wow, at six miles. I don't even know if I could do that. But I did. And I kept getting yeah. longer and longer distances. And, and one day a friend of mine actually said to me, you know what? I'm training for a half marathon. I couldn't fathom. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And she was telling me about her black toes and lost toenails. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but it, it pushed me to try that. So I started to do half marathons and they became easier and easier. And I remember vividly one time in Central Park, now two laps around the park is basically the half marathon about Mm -hmm. six and a half miles. When I finished uh, that race, I said, I could go another loop, which would have brought me up to 18 and a half, 19 miles. And I said, I think I'm going to train for a marathon. That was in 1992, by the way. Mm -hmm. That was my first marathon. So it was a, a progression over the years, but it was just something that I loved. And again, it was something I could do on my own. Everything just clicked for me. So 1992 was the first marathon. And how many have you completed so far? November 1992 was my first New York City marathon. And to date, I have completed 55 marathons. <gasps> what a number, 55. 55 oh. marathons, yes. The bra- I actually did the breakdown <laughs> I've run in 19 states in the United States, okay? I've run um, 23 New York City marathons and seven Bostons. I ran in two uh, marathons in Canada, one in uh, Toronto, one in uh, Quebec City. Mm -hmm. And I've run in six European marathons, Rome, Venice, Medoc, France, Prague. Berlin and Athens. Wow, so that's amazing. Starting from that little quarter mile. I know. So <laughs> running that's, a lot of marathons. That should be yeah. for the listeners, right? Anything is possible from a quarter mile to a marathon and still exactly. going. That's it. And tell maybe us, is there any marathon that stands out for you out of those 55? Well, good one or bad one? You know, some runners, they always have stories, good one and bad ones. Actually, I know that previous guest on Ross Frazier, and he spoke yeah. about the doc because yeah. I was there with him the same year. Uh-huh. Yeah. That has to be the most fun ever with everybody in their costumes. Mm-hmm. You go through I think it's 26 vineyards where they literally give you wine. You can get beef bourguignon at one stop. It was just a hoot. You don't run that for time. Not for time. For pure pure fun. I mean, they they all, in some way or another, they all have been wonderful. Of course, Boston, I remember my Mm -hmm. first Boston. First of all, I couldn't believe I was there. You know, (laughs) it was like, wow, I made Boston. And the best feeling in the world is when I finished that very first Boston was, I think, 1997, April of 97. I qualified for the next year. So it's such a great feeling, you know, to qualify after you just completed one, you know, you're going to be back the following year. So that that stands out. There have been so many. I mean, Athens was great going that you're running along the same course mm-hmm. as Philippides. Mm-hmm. Although in that marathon, the Greek people didn't seem to be too interested. So they were sort of, there was very few spectators and you're running in Athens and the rust fumes and everything. And, but you end up in the Olympic stadium. Each and every one has been very special. Yes, I've had some rough times in many of them, but 
muddled through and have always finished. So that's, that's the most important thing, you finish. I think so. We start and we finish. I sometimes meet people and they say, did you finish? And I was like, what kind of a question is that? Like, if you say I ran the New York City Marathon, that means I started and I finished. Otherwise, we would not say it, probably. I, exactly. And, you know, when people say, when they ask me, um, you know, what was your time? That's another, you know, what was your time? I always say, you know what? The first place person, the winner, and myself, we have a lot in common. We have the same starting line, the same course, we have the same finish line. His or her time is faster. That's the only difference. Yeah. Other than that, it's all the same. I think so. Yeah. You mentioned that I interviewed another person from our group, actually two. You just said one. So what is that group? What does that mean to us? And now we even have a virtual meeting every Tuesday instead of running. We have now a Zoom call through the COVID-19. You know, thinking back, I mean, we all sort of stumbled upon each other, so to speak, because we were not all in the same pace class yeah. but somehow or other we all ended up in the same restaurant <laughs> after the uh, class and the, the group became one and of course in this running group that we will be met in the running class there are so many different professions mm-hmm. there are so many different ages there are so many different pacers you know fast slow intermediate whatever mm-hmm. common thread is running Mm-hmm. And that is the solidifier of our friendship. I mean, everybody just is there because of the, of the running, a great group of people. And we've been together for a very, very long time. We, okay. we really have. It's, it's just a great group of people. From, from that running group on Tuesday nights, many of us branched out into a Saturday morning running group where we would run basically in Central Park, although we did venture out occasionally, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then coffee. So it was running and coffee, and we sat around the table and we solved all the problems of the world. Yeah. (laughs) Until next week. Yeah, that's true. And it's a a lot of people think like running is just alone. But I feel like what we have accomplished together is is nice. And the friendship that we have, I mean, we went through many ups and downs with everybody together. So I think that's what I appreciated. And for me, it was my second family being from Switzerland alone in New York. I found a wonderful community to, to have many friends from different, as you said, from different walks of lives. I think that's also impressive. Like, when would you have ever met? You're a school teacher. Never. I was in human resources. We would have never met. Never met, but the common thread and we were there yes. every Tuesday, most of the time on Saturday mornings and it yeah. has just continued. I just want to mention also that because of the running classes, uh, one of the organizers of those running classes actually started the team that I'm on, which is the Mercury Masters. It's a team associated with the New York Roadrunners. Mm-hmm. And one of the organizers of the running classes started this team. And it was an all-female, 50-plus mm-hmm. age running team. I would not classify it as a very competitive team in the sense that it was not only elite runners. It was Mm -hmm. all paces, even some walkers. Uh, You had to be 50 or over and be female. Mm -hmm. And if you want, we say with the five F's, you have to be female, 50 plus, and you want to have friendship, fun, and uh, fitness. Being now on a team of all females, for me personally, is what I call my Title IX moment. I was in high school and college. There was no Title IX. Mm. Female sports was sort of put on the back burner Mm. or none at all, so to say. Never had the opportunity to be on a team. 
and this, okay, so another thing out of running was that I am now, I feel like I'm doing something, I'm, I'm part of a team that I, I never had that experience, yeah, yeah. being in high school and college, and again, we're competitive in our own way, it's more the friendship and the fun and the fitness that, that makes it special. But I, I heard that your team was many times you got uh, awards, so I yes. think you're, you're still pretty competitive, even if, <laughs> if women are over 50, yeah, so... I think it's a very good team. It is. It's a great team. Before we recorded, we said something. Your name is also a verb. So maybe you want to say something about that. Some secrets. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I've learned from uh, running is that, you know, you got to take life one step at a time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that means accepting things that just go hand in hand with aging. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, back when I started, I was a pretty fast runner. Okay. I won mm -hmm. many age group awards. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't the top of the top at the top of the food chain, but I was, you know, pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I got a little slower and a little slower. And, you know, that could really do a number on you if oh, you yeah. don't accept the fact that this is how life is. Mm -hmm. One step at a time. Okay, mm -hmm. so I was fast, then I got slower, then I got slower, then I started to what I call schlog, <laughs> a combination of shuffle and jog. And now, mm -hmm. basically, I, I am my own version of a power walk, yeah. which is fine. I'm mm -hmm. still out there. I'm still mm -hmm. on the road. But along the way, besides just age-related, physical situations arise mm -hmm. where your knees may start to go, mm -hmm. your, I don't know, your ankles may start to go. So what was happening was that I was falling a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, which became an issue for mm -hmm. me, obviously. It never broke a nose. It never broke teeth. I did land one time on my chin and I had to be rushed to the emergency room to get stitches. So my name among my running team and my the running class friends, my name, Susan, has become a verb. So now when somebody falls, they go, I Susan today. So it's the dubious honor of having the act of falling be named after you. So, but you know, you have to accept all of these things along the way. I remember when I did my first two hour half marathon, mm -hmm. I thought I needed a shrink. Yeah. I thought I needed a shrink to say, oh my God. Calm it down. Two hour half marathon. It's okay. Yeah, you know, because up until then I was doing, you know, 150, 155. Yeah, yeah. And then I after a while you say, get over it. Set your priorities. Just accept mm -hmm. it. Do yeah. what you can and be out there. Mm -hmm. That's how I yeah. feel anyway. That's important. And I know now you do virtual races and you became the expert. <laughs> 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 well, because of the uh, COVID-19 situation, you know, all yeah. the races have been canceled. I decided to try a virtual race, which I now, you know, I, not now it's, you know, all, all over, but um, I never did one before. And I had registered for the Brooklyn Half, mm -hmm. which I love. I, I just love the Brooklyn Half. It's you know, a you nice go from Prospect Park on the island. And so the uh, New York Road Riders offered that as a virtual race. So I had to learn how to uh, get a, a work a GPS smartwatch, yeah. which I didn't have. My first one didn't work. I actually did the half marathon one week and I realized that the smartwatch with the GPS 
didn't work. So I said, oh my gosh, I have to go do another one the next week. So I did. I got another smartwatch, spent the whole week on the phone with customer service, the technology. I always start by saying to these lovely young people, I'm of a certain demographic, so please go slow with me. <laughs> and they do. So yes, yeah, so I did the virtual Brooklyn Half. Then uh, the other uh, virtual race I did was called the Social Distancing Unrun, which meant that any race that you had signed up for, you could do it virtually. It didn't matter the distance. So I did New York Road Runners Lesbian Gay Pride Run on June 27th because I had signed up for that and I got my Social Distancing Unrun medal. So I've done two of them. So they're fun. They're okay. And I think this is for the audience. Like, so we learn now from you from a quarter mile, half a mile to a marathon is possible. Virtual races are possible. What else can we say to the audience who wants to start virtual races? Or we know we have to wear a mask running in Central Park. If you're outside of the city, it might be a little different. But what other tips would you have for the audience? To start running or Mm -hmm. to just be a runner? Yeah, you know, to start running, all you need to do to be a runner is to start walking, to be perfectly honest. I remember the beginner's training program was strictly for walkers. And if you could walk 20 minutes, pace is not important. I and mean, people have to get that. Pace is not important. Start If you can walk and you can walk for 20 minutes, so then after you can walk for 20 minutes, start walking a minute, jogging 30 seconds, or however long it takes you to get winded. Stop, walk. All you have to do is really just get out there because if you can walk, you can you can jog. For me, running is, has just been a wonderful mental and physical enhancer for me. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody realizes, I'm sure, about the physical aspects, you know, the nutrition that you really mm-hmm. should eat mm-hmm. and the exercise would get your body moving. And, and mm-hmm. I don't say physically it's for weight loss. I don't think it's for weight loss. It's for weight control. I say it's yeah. for weight control. Mm-hmm. But it's also mental. For me, it was great yeah. mentally. Created my own space. Okay, I used to do my best thinking. I still do my best thinking when I'm out there because I'm alone. I, don't, I usually don't take my phone with me because I don't want to be distracted. Yeah. So I usually don't have my phone. I always tell my husband where I'm going so, and about what time I'll be home. <laughs> so you know, he shouldn't worry. Yeah. Just set a goal for yourself. You know, that's to me, just set a goal. You want to be out there, even walking for 20 minutes. You can't do that now, so start with five. Mm-hmm. Start with four. Start with three. Start yeah. wherever you are and just build up to it. Mm-hmm. Set a goal mm-hmm. and, and try to keep to it. I think that that makes you disciplined, puts you on a straight, narrow course. It teaches you commitments, actually. I think that's very important. To me, running enhances commitments. You're committed to yourself. Mm-hmm. If you commit to meet a friend, to mm-hmm. run together, you have to get up early in the morning. The weather's, weather cannot be a factor sometimes. Mm-hmm. If it's, we you know, know, yeah. you know, weather's not a factor. So you're making commitment to yourself. You're making commitment to your friend, being disciplined to yourself. And just start wherever you are. That's mm-hmm. where you start. And build up. And you know what? I'm not an elite runner. 99.9% of the runners are not elite runners. No. They may be fast, but they're not elite runners. Just be happy where you are, you know, and accept it. Wow. Very wise words. Thank you so much. I mean, you just have to buy a pair of running shoes, a good pair of running shoes and get out there. And that's the key to success. Thank you so much, Susan. And we hope that you don't have to use the your name as the verb too much. But as, as you said, walking is a little easier and it's a little slower so you can control what's happening. Thank you so exactly. much for all the insights. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Great speaking with you. Always cool to talk to a fellow runner. And certainly Susan Seidelman has been a long-term friend, a role model. She is a really good runner and very determined. We can hear that from her voice. You have to run to the line. There's no exceptions. We're determined we get to the finish line. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday and every Wednesday. Don't forget to order GetLoopy, getloopy.com, the plant-based protein snack. Getloopy.com, 20% off of your first order. Take it from the Iron Woman. Thank you for listening.